Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of the Floor General Podcast. My name is Evan Zaucha. Uh, today with me, I have my co-host Trent Williams. Trent, how you doing? How's it going, guys? Pretty good, man. Uh, it's been a week since we did the last one. I'm excited to get to it. And for the first ever time, I have with me today uh, my other co-host, Hayden Brown. Hayden, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. I wasn't able to make the first one, um, but I'm really excited to kind of get the ball rolling on evals. Uh, this is the time of year where I think everybody's paying more attention to the draft, and it's been a lot of fun to try to do some research and talk about these guys. Yeah. Yeah, and we have some exciting draft content today. Uh, kind of like last time, we went into Tyrese Maxey in depth. Uh, today, we're going to go through Onyeka Okongwu, who a lot of people are really excited about. I think we can start off by going into a little background. Okongwu is six foot nine, two hundred forty-five pound freshman big, seven foot one wingspan, so a plus wingspan for his size. Okongwu played high school ball at Chino Hills High School, and he played with the Ball Brothers, Lonzo Lamelo. Uh, so they played, you know, a fast-paced, transition-heavy style of play, a lot of running up and down the court. ESPN had Okongwu ranked as the five-star recruit, uh, 20th overall, coming out of high school, and he played one season at the University of Southern California, where he averaged 21.2 points, 11.3 rebounds, 1.4 assists, 3.5 blocks, and 1.6 steals per 40 minutes, and that's uh, per college basketball reference. So some insane statistical production for a freshman Nakangwu will be 19 years old at the time of the draft. So what do you guys think of how Akangwu profiles on offense? So um, in terms of offensive fit, I feel like there's a lot to like here. So he's got an sort of unconventional game for a big in terms of uh, the modern style in that he does not uh, tend to shoot a lot from the outside. He has uh, less than a single, uh, less than 0.1 three-point attempts per game when he was at USC, uh, over 28 games. And when he did shoot him, uh, 25% from three. I think what is so promising about him offensively is that he's just so versatile in terms of all of the little things that don't add up on the outside of shooting, at least. So you have this idea that this guy is a huge vertical spacer. He's a really great pick and roll big. He's springy. He's always looking for the ball. He's basically got his eye open to receive passes at any time. He's really good in mismatch situations where he can find an open man off of a double or a pick and roll or any kind of screen action. And he's a really phenomenal finisher with both hands and he cuts a lot, which applies a lot of pressure on the rim. Yeah, he's absolutely dynamic on offense. Uh, the words that stuck out to me in your description, especially are springy vertical floor spacer and the guy can really get up. Uh, he's got an insanely quick second jump as well. So he adds value on those rebounds, you know, and grabs a ton of offensive rebounds. And he's got a, a lot of value as a putback guy, too. That's where a lot of his offense comes from. 100%. And uh, Hayden talked about, you know, the little things. And I think that really embodies uh, Kongwu's game. He's going to do all of those little things uh, for teams in the NBA. And that's, you know, rebounding, putbacks, blocks, helping down low, getting over to those extra rotations, uh, everything you want from a big man. Uh, I have him number one inside this entire draft because of the little things that he's able to do. Um, and he's not asking for anything else like for example Edwards he kind of demands the ball Lamelo demands the ball uh Okongwu on the other hand he can kind of go in there do his duties to the best of his ability elitely and you know go about his business I was just thinking about that theoretically earlier today as well in the sense that I was almost penalizing him overall in a ranking on like a big board because he was not this sort of dominant like give him the ball and he will create a shot for you 
type of player. But I think if you look at most teams in the league, the bigs on the teams that are good, more often than not, unless you have like a superstar big, are people that you're going to need to take a lower usage job most of the time. And without the ball, you can argue that Onyeka is probably the best uh, off-ball player in this entire draft. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I think he really kind of developed in that role, you know, playing a little bit of a lower usage off-ball, finish what other people set you up for kind of thing um, from playing with the Ball Brothers, honestly, because, you know, Lonzo's a major setup artist, especially in transition. LaMelo, same thing. You know, these are like generational passing talents. You can you can really see... Uh... You can really see him um, him looking for those passes too. Like he is not the type of big where he will be surprised if you find a way to thread a pass to him. You can see even when he's just even when he's completely outside of the action, if he's just walking across the court, like he's always ready to receive that in case something needs to get slipped in. So you can definitely see that the creativity of playing with those those two guys, especially, has kind of rubbed off on him in terms of like the receiver for those passes. Definitely. He's always looking to get the ball, make himself available. Um, you know, he sets good screens. Uh, I think that's super important for a, a modern big. And not only does he do well with others setting him up, but he can set him up himself up too. And you kind of seen that a little bit at uh, USC because they just don't have the dynamic guard play that a lot of other big schools have. Um, but I think what sticks out to me most about his ability to attack the rim uh, and his finishing around the rim is that he's just so proficient with both hands. Um, he establishes post position well. You know, he's a pretty strong player. I do think that he's going to need to develop a little more strength at the NBA level. Uh, he's got kind of a, like a, not a wiry frame, but uh, he can he gets bodied a little bit by larger bigs at, at times or double teams. But um, he's incredible in the post up. I would say that I was actually surprised when I was looking this up that he was already 245 pounds because he doesn't really, he carries it really well. Like it, it's definitely something where you can see him being still mobile and maybe pushing 260 or so maybe 270 um, at the NBA level and I agree with you that that's going to need to be the next step um, he's already like you said a really amazing post player um, he established his position really well and he's got a really uh, he's got a high propensity of like kind of digging in and sealing off his man before he kind of makes his move um, and he makes really quick decisions too and I one of the uh, things that I really liked about him the most watching him was that his uh, his move to move with the ball and his actual shot fake are kind of out of sync sometimes. He's really good at throwing them off. So they're not exactly – you can see a lot of guys, they'll, they'll try on post-ups, and they're just very predictable with when the shot is going to go up. He has a tendency to kind of do it a little bit earlier sometimes than before the step is really complete or before the, the spin is fully there or something like that. And he, uh, a lot of times you'll see that he goes up before the shot is even really contested because he's got this kind of tricky little bag there. Yeah, he's definitely elusive attacking the rim. Uh, Trent, what do you think about Onyeka Kongwu uh, on offense, especially, uh, you know, in the post? Being that I live in California, I actually did have a chance to be able to go see Onyeka play with the Ball Brothers uh, back during their CIF run. And this guy is like an NFL wide receiver when it comes to running the floor. Um, a lot of times at USC, this wasn't used to its fullest advantage because, as you touched on, they didn't really have the best guards, especially in the passing department. Um, but I think that this is something that's really going to come to fruition at the NBA level uh, with the passing guards that they do have. Another thing that I would like to touch on is, like you guys said, the ambidexterity of his post game, where he's able to go over either shoulder right away. Um, and especially, I don't know if you guys noticed this, 
that drop step that he has. He has this quick drop step that he uses almost every single time that he gets inside the post. Um, as soon as he feels that space kind of go away, he immediately gets to it um, and is able to get to the rim pretty quickly. So that's another part of his game that I really like. Yeah, I noticed that move as well. I love how uh, he uses his length. He uses those long strides to kind of establish a uh, position in the paint, seal his man off. And then with the hard plant on that foot, it sets him up perfectly to go over either shoulder, like you mentioned. And he's perfect with both hands. He said uh, in an interview with Mike Schmitz that he's right-handed, but he used to be real weak with his left in high school. So he spent like, you know, a bunch of time focusing on just hitting those left ups, those baby hooks, uh, soft touch, using the glass when he needs to. Um, and per synergy, uh, he actually goes over when he's on the left block, at least, which is his favorite spot. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. Um, he turns over both shoulders in like perfectly equal proportion, 40% of the time over the left shoulder, 40% of the time over the right shoulder, other 20% face up. So, um, he's versatile and it makes him hard to predict what he's going to do when he's attacking. That's probably my favorite statistic I've read about the guy is just the symmetry of the attack is really beautiful. And it, that's not going to come up in the synergy page necessarily, but it's important to note that when he does post up on that left block, he's also really good at finding shooters and cutters as well. So they, when he goes to score, the versatility, like you just said, that sort of symmetry is going to be a really valuable tool there. But even I think even more so at the NBA level, especially when there's not always going to be opportunities for uh, a prolific amount of post-up attempts, that idea that he's going to be able to find open shooters and open players and uh, open cutters uh, is really valuable, especially in that kind of high post or side post action there. Yeah, so I think you can see that like in games against uh, Washington where they doubled him in the paint and uh, Isaiah Stewart was on him a lot of the time, you know, like a stronger kind of traditional big as well. Uh, he can get bodied and he can get kind of shut down in the paint sometimes, so he can't rely on that post-up all the time. So um, I think it's super important, like you mentioned, that he adds something else, you know, a secondary skill that's going to keep him um, producing at a high level on the offensive end. So is it going to be, like you said, that passing game, you know, hitting the open man? I think he's a decent passer. Uh, college basketball reference has him as a .9 uh, assist to turnover ratio, which is, you know, negative. But I don't think a lot of those turnovers were really his fault. I think uh, the USC guards had a hard time getting open. But what do you guys think about his passing? Do you think he projects as a plus passer uh, at the NBA level? I don't know if I would say a plus passer in the way that like I would run a complete offense through him, but he's definitely very good coming off the short roll, uh, high low connection between him and the other big man. Uh, those kind of passes I could definitely see, especially uh, passing out of double teams as well. Uh, he has good vision for that, uh, and it will definitely be utilized at the next level. Uh, as far as a you know plus passer, a guy that I want to run my offense through, uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I definitely agree with Trent there. I, there's not many bigs that you'd actually want to run an offense through. I think Giannis and Jokic are the two off the top of my head that I would actually feel comfortable with that. So that's obviously a standard that's difficult to live up to in that way. Um, but Onyeka does definitely project. Uh, I like him especially. I visualize the Draymond Green role on like Golden State's pick and roll as like the perfect idea of like where his playmaking could be applied because that little short roll where he's playing basically four on three and just needs to find the open guy, he's got a pretty accurate passing ability. Um, I'm not sure it can go with both hands quite yet, um, but the idea that he can just kind of take off from that double for the ball handler and just kind of find the open guy uh, quickly and efficiently is something that I think he's going to be really good at. And the guy is so athletic that I think he's going to be able to take it on his own more often than Green did in that role. 
So not really comparing him to Green offensively outside of that small kind of window. But I do think a, a role like that would be really useful for him to help him develop that skill. Definitely. Yeah, so Akangwu, you know, he's been big his whole life. You know, he grew up kind of a bigger kid. So I don't think he really had a chance to develop a lot of those perimeter skills, especially in terms of ball handling. So it will be important, I would agree, that he makes himself a plus playmaker, at least in the short role. You know, finding the open guy as a secondary playmaker in advantage situations. Um, and that'll kind of give him a little bit of value outside of those post-ups, like, uh, like we mentioned before. And it's worth noting that basically no NBA team has guards that are as bad um, at initiating offense as USC at the NBA level. So I think that he will definitely be in better shape. There's a lot of teams in the lottery um, that already have kind of established primary ball handlers that I think will be immensely useful to kind of unlocking his ability there. Yeah, definitely. Um, so in, in terms of playing off ball, you know, with uh, primary playmakers setting him up, how do you guys think he projects as a shooter? Because I know that's a big uh, point of contention in the draft community, whether whether or not you think a Kongwu projects to shoot and space the floor at an NBA level. He didn't take a whole lot of shots um, in the half court from anywhere outside the paint, really. Uh, Percentage, he took 84% of his shots from uh, half court sets, either posting up or around the basket, but not considered post-ups. So do you guys think he can shoot? Uh, I definitely uh, buy a shot at the next level. Um, and it's not really from what I've seen on the court per se. Um, it's how his coach trusts him. And I don't know if you guys notice this, but at the end of games, they actually have in Okongwu uh, as the inbounder. They get him the ball to shoot those late game free throws. And I think that's honestly a good sign coming from the people that have been around him every single day, whether it's at practice, every single game, uh, that they trust him to take those shots. And the stats do back that up for what it's worth. Shot 72% from the free throw line per college basketball reference. How do you guys think the shot looks form-wise? I think, I think it's okay. Um, I do think that the free throws are pretty high up. Um, I, and I do think that he has sort of, it's, it's almost like a Chris Bosh motion where it's really vertical um, in, in some ways. Uh, I think that there's a decent chance that he might be like a 30% kind of shooter from three at the NBA level where and and kind of just a really late shot clock kind of you know hail mary option shooter um but i i do agree with trent that there's a, that's very promising that his coaching staff is already comfortable with helping him develop that and for what it's worth i think um at least above the waist the jump shot looks pretty solid i'm not a biomechanical expert i'll probably say this every podcast but Solid wrist action, good flick of the wrist, good follow through. Doesn't let his offhand interfere with his shot. And like you mentioned, you know, it's a pretty vertical shot. He's got a high release point. Yeah, I should mention that I also have zero expertise in evaluating jump shots. My, my own is, is pretty broken, so I, don't let me pass too much judgment. You're going to have to post a picture of that jump shot on the Twitter account now. <laughs> yeah, I might have to. So is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on in terms of uh, Anyeka Akangwu's offensive skill set? Uh, there is one thing, and I think that it's it's something that we should, probably should mention, um, and that's that he does really struggle. I guess not all the time, but he does pretty consistently struggle um, in dribbling scenarios, especially on traps and situations like that. I don't think that he is necessarily a poor ball handler um, in that he will never take a dribble at the NBA level. He's able to put it on the floor, especially when he's going downhill. Um, and so he's shown kind of flashes of that. 
But when he's just kind of out in the perimeter, you know, dribbling to himself, looking, he more often than not is looking for a guard to come kind of bail him out of those situations. So he kind of freezes up in those creation scenarios. Um, but I think at the NBA level, it's probably not going to be that big of a deal because they won't run him in those sort of situations. But it's a consideration because they'll have to kind of structure his offensive role around those sorts of things. And he actually stumbled into a few offensive fouls in those scenarios in college as well. So, Yeah, I think he had a propensity to kind of sense the double team. And instead of looking for uh, the guy that was open, he a lot of times would try to make his move towards the basket. And sometimes that gets you into trouble with those offensive fouls. Yeah, that's that's the thing with uh, when your point of attack is so kind of consistently towards the paint is that, you know, you definitely don't want to be caught in a situation where you are kind of stumbling towards the rim in scenarios where you're not really sure what to do. And that's a, another situation where that short role playmaking or uh, an effective jump shot could really help him out give him another option instead of just going straight to the rim. Yeah, precisely. He, he, uh, it's funny that you guys say that, uh, about, you know, his dribbling, he just looks so scared to dribble the ball. I feel like sometimes I see him in the half court, you know, behind that, uh, inside the three point line and he does a pretty good job able to handle the ball. But once he gets into, like you said, that outside the three point line, uh, perimeter, maybe even taking one or two dribbles just to bring the ball up the floor, he just looks like a, you know, a deer in headlights. Yeah, I wonder if it's something to do with like having a head of steam because it, and a lot of the this is just anecdotal, but a lot of the situations where we talked about where he did look kind of frightened was mostly from a standstill kind of dribbling scenario. But in transition, just kind of playing hot potato, he's able to do that and he's able to put the ball on the floor after like the pass and like a pick and roll or something like that as well. So I definitely don't see it as like a it might just maybe maybe it's just stage fright, really just being able to t- take the ball and just kind of start dribbling and putting it on the floor in that way. Yeah, very well could be. And honestly, I don't think he really needs it too terribly much. For the most part, I think a lot of his offense is going to be created for him or it's going to be in post-up situations or it's going to be off a spot up. So, you know, that dribbling would be nice, but it's not a must have for a big at this level. But with that said, do we want to get into um, how Onyeka Kongwu projects on the defensive end? I would love to. So I think that there is a pretty, so this is, this is kind of a strange point of contention. It's, it's difficult to argue about whether his size helps or hurts him at the NBA level. Um, there are a lot of theorists, kind of forward thinking basketball minds who look at the prototype of Bam Adebayo, who has almost exactly the same physical measurements. He was about 10 pounds heavier coming out of uh, uh, college compared to Okongwu. Um, but that idea that he's just sort of this very mobile um, big who's able to kind of slot in at both the four and the five, protect the rim, help on the weak side, switch onto the perimeter, and just generally be competent even in scenarios where those switches are made to kind of get get a point guard on him or something like that um, that crop up a lot in the playoffs is something that I think that he projects to be able to maybe become. I'd say that's a higher-end ceiling for him. Um, but I really like his springiness. I think his fast feet help him a lot on this end. And he's just a beast at the rim, too. 2.7 blocks per game, 3.2 per 36. He had a block percentage of almost 10%, which is just silly. Um, I think there's a lot to like on this end. Yeah, that elite athleticism and those excellent instincts on defense really allow him to kind of guard three through five, at least, I would say. Um, I think he can even handle ones and twos in spot duty. He's just a freak athlete, and he's just very cognizant of on the defensive end of where where the action's going to be, you know, where the screen's coming from, and fantastic rim protector. I will say, um, I do think he does bite on pump fakes a little too often, but it seems fixable. 
he does a really great job of uh, keeping the space between him and the guard, you know, when he's out on switches. Uh, it, according to Synergy, he is in the 93rd percentile on isolation defense, you know, being manned out there. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with that, keeping the space, uh, making sure that he's not in a position where a guard can just zoom by him. You know, he wants to be able to uh, – uh, he knows that he's not as fast as them, so what does he have to do? Uh, make sure that there's enough area in between him and the guard that he can react uh, to their moves. So in terms of that perimeter defensive skill set as a guy who's pretty athletic and pretty switchable, how do you guys think Okongwu projects as a pick and roll defender? Oh, in the pick and roll, I feel like this is this is kind of the bread and butter where I would feel really comfortable in basically any scenario. Um, unless this is kind of the big caveat, unless the, the the big man that he is kind of guarding in this pick and roll actions is significantly larger. That was kind of the biggest um problem and I guess the problem for this archetype of big in general is that unless you put on a lot of weight and really just kind of beef up that lower body and the core strength and don't get me wrong the guy is already very strong for his size right now um, but if he was to try to defend a Joel Embiid I'm not sure how many situations his team would actually let him do that uh, in those sorts of situations I do think that that is something where you could run into trouble um, just pure measurements wise um, but I really like the idea that he would be able to um, kind of, yeah, like, like Trent said, to be able to play um, off his man and, and find the guard. He's really good at uh, switching directions, which I really liked. And when he's beat by smaller players, he has this really cool thing where he kind of defends from their hip instead of directly behind or in front of them. And he's able to contest shots and he really swipe at them without fouling. Um, from this kind of unique angle. So I like the way that he plays even when he's beat on that, um, in those sorts of situations. Yeah, so that should project well for his effectiveness in the pick and roll. Because, you know, if he gets beat off the dribble, if he has a switch and he gets beat off the dribble, he should be able to stay with a guard pretty well, maybe get a chase down block. Um, or if he sticks with the big man, uh, he's got the physicality, especially if he puts on a little more weight, like you mentioned at the NBA level, um, to stick with most bigs. And the length and athleticism, especially verticality, and uh, the instincts as a shot blocker um, to protect the rim at probably a very high level. He was surprisingly good at playing passing lanes as well, which I, I thought for a big, uh, something pretty interesting. He averaged uh, almost a, a block and a half for 36. I think his block, per, or excuse me, his uh, steal per game was around one and a half. And his steal percentage was close to 5%, which is really something special for a big at that sort of stage. And you could even see him uh, gamble occasionally if he was uh, switched out onto somebody off ball that was maybe in more like the two through four uh, kind of uh, skill set where they were out on the perimeter receiving a pass from a playmaking guard. Um, he was able to kind of time that pretty well. He's very fast. So I, I think that that's pretty useful as well when he's out there. Yeah, 5% steal rate and 10% block rate as a center um, with the kind of athleticism this guy has and those instincts is just, I mean, that's a great defensive prospect right there. And he's really probably one of the top three defensive prospects in this draft for me. Definitely. And uh, one more thing I wanted to touch on is you guys talk about the blocking and the rim presence of a Kongwu um, and how that actually affects the game, you know, on the court. When I was watching the LSU game, uh, the way that he kind of roams the paint, it's almost like a magnetic field. Like players don't want to come in it. They don't want to come near it. You know, they dribble toward his direction and they'll drag dribble right back out. Um, and I think that that presence that he just has about himself in that interior defense uh, is going to really do a good job of thwarting defenders away 
uh, at the NBA level. Yeah, ten percent block rate doesn't even really tell the whole story when you think about how much um, attack, how many attacks from the rim he's deterring just with the presence, like you said. He's also got this. Um, he's. I feel like this is not really a criticism. Um, but I was trying to kind of compare him to other bigs of a similar size in previous drafts. The the name that I don't I don't think this is necessarily similar, um, but I was kind of comparing him in my head to our our own Wendell Carter of the Chicago Bulls. Um, the thing that I think separates these two, and this is definitely something that Anyeka is already good at. He's just I'm not sure that he's really aware of it. Is that I was watching in a couple games, specifically Arizona and Washington. He was playing his role so well that I think he also assumes that the other big will also make rotations at the same speed and accuracy that he does. So he actually kind of finds uh, the, te- the team overall could uh, benefit more from him kind of not assuming this. So uh, he played alongside uh, Rakosevic um, at USC. Pretty okay, pretty average um, college big. He was uh, he's decent as a post defender, decently laterally okay but he definitely had a propensity to miss certain rotations that would have been there um i think that if he can kind of make the next logical step and be the guy that fixes that mistake be that kind of hole plugger i think that would really take his his defensive prospect to the next level and he definitely can do this because there's been a number of times where usc would just leave a perimeter player completely open in the corner maybe an even a decent shooter and he was so fast getting out there to contest that shot that a number of times they would put the ball back down on the floor um, because they were scared out of that jumper so i can definitely see this being that's kind of like his high-end outcome for me is that he's sort of this like preternatural uh rotation fixer um because he's just so uh mobile and easy to get around yeah 100 percent agree and it's funny that you say that uh, because that's actually my player comp for him is Wendell Carter Jr. He he's a lot more. I don't I don't know because Wendell Carter kind of has sneaky hops, but I would say Onyeka is a more athletic, you know, Wendell Carter type of player. And maybe you you, you might argue that he's not the uh, passer that Wendell is, uh, or whatever you you know might come to think. But uh, I think he does have a lot of those instinctual uh, abilities that Wendell does have. Yeah, I would say he's not quite as good. Uh, of a passer as Wendell, like you said, although I'm very high on Wendell's passing. Um, but he is probably a little bit of a springer athlete, and so that kind of balances out. Maybe he'll develop some of that feel for the game. Um, but you can see it in the rotations, like we mentioned before, and the way he protects the rim. So he's got it where it matters. So how about uh, what role do you guys think uh, Akangwu is going to be the best fit for at the NBA level? Uh, I would definitely say rim protector he's pretty versatile so this all kind of comes down to who he gets drafted to and the way that the coach wants to use him uh but for me i would say a versatile you know rim protecting big rim runner something like that just to start off um and then if we see a little adaptation in his passing game uh maybe a little bit more consistency in his outside shot maybe we could talk about other rules but for now i'm just going to stick with the uh, classic rim runner yeah i'd agree with that he's pretty much a plug and play vertical floor spacer on the offensive end and depending on the secondary skills he develops um he could be a lot more on the offensive end as well i'm a little worried the one thing that i think i think he is definitely a guy that is draft location dependent in terms of the skill set uh that he develops um i think because of his size there are going to be teams that want to play him at the four and there are going to be teams that want to play him at the five and I think that while those might not have a ton of uh, distinctions between them in the modern NBA, some people don't even really consider that to be too much of a difference, depending on the skill set. Um, I think depending on 
uh, let's say the difference between him being drafted to a place like uh, Minnesota versus a place like Cleveland, right? So Cleveland in basically a, a really dire need for any center that just traded away Andre Drummond would probably be feel more comfortable kind of letting him roam the paint and develop as sort of this free safety defender. A team like uh, Minnesota would definitely try to frame him as sort of the Giannis type character or like a uh, 2014 uh, LeBron James obviously this is in terms of the level of, of defensive ability maybe this isn't a great comparison but it's just sort of that free safety away from the rim at least at first to allow Towns that uh, that role that he's probably best in not that he's great at, at much defensively um, but he can contest shots at the rim so he'd be more of the funneler towards that player so I really I it it, it does depend um, but I, I would say that out of the two, I would feel more comfortable letting him develop as a full-time five. So given all the different paths he has to win, all the different ways he could develop, what do you guys see as the best fit for him team-wise at the NBA level? Where do, you, uh, where do you want him to end up in the draft? And what secondary skill do you think he'd develop best there that makes that his best pathway? The one team that I think would actually be incredible for him that is no longer a realistic option is Atlanta. Um, I feel like Trey Young is a really perfect partner for that sort of deal um, where he is just kind of this, I mean, he's the essentially perfect theoretical pick and roll partner for Trey Young offense. Um, at least uh, if you account for, for uh, the potential of uh, Herder and Reddish and Hunter and uh, John Collins to provide that additional perimeter spacing. But I, of course, they just traded for Clint Capella and Dwayne Dedman, so I don't really see that as realistic anymore. I am interested in that pairing with Towns in Minnesota that I mentioned. Yeah, I think Minnesota next to Cat would be a really good fit. Like you said, he kind of plugs the holes uh, on the perimeter that Cat doesn't handle as well, and Cat could kind of stick around the rim and contest shots without having to move so much. Uh, yeah, completely agree with the Timberwolves fit. Uh, right next to Towns, defensive monster. Uh, that would be great. Another one that I would really be excited to see would be the Warriors. Um, just a guy that can grab all those rebounds, uh, defend. I mean, the Warriors have never really had like an A-class center, you know, to the caliber of uh, Okongwu. Um, I think this is a great chance to go out there and get that, you know, a guy that could really aid in uh, the rebounding and fit really well next to Draymond. Um, I, I, I just really like that fit on the Warriors. Yeah, I strongly, strongly agree with that fit on the Warriors. That's my perfect fit for him, uh, honestly. Um, that switchability he's got is a plus. He won't need to space the floor right away, so he can work on the shot and the secondary uh, playmaking. And he's ready to contribute from day one on a team that's... I think that there's actually... I would actually probably go a step further. So first of all, just, uh, just to get this out of the way, I completely agree with this idea. I actually think that he is an exceptionally Warriors-type player. Um, really fast downhill, uh, really hard, really hard rim crasher as a big potential switch out in the five. Can you imagine if they had somebody who was like Marquise Chris, the way that they use Marquise Chris offensively, but also had that kind of Kavon Looney uh, sort of switchability? at the five as well, like, and was actually, you know, not 230 pounds or whatever Looney is and was able to body people up as well. Um, it's, it's an exciting prospect. I actually think that there is a, uh, if he does end up going to the Warriors, there's a very outside chance that that might be the, uh, the move that ends up 
making Draymond's uh, in his in his waning years um, a little bit more disposable for Golden State. I could see him inheriting part of that job pretty well. I could definitely see that. Another place I saw him don't like it as much as the Golden State fit, uh, but maybe in Charlotte with the Hornets. I think they need a center who can kind of raise the floor on the offensive and de- defensive side of the ball, and a Kongwu would be a really good fit in picking. Yeah, I, I was given that some thought as well. They definitely are not good with just Cody Zeller and Willie Hernan Gomez there. Um, I am a little bit worried about his pairing with Washington, both really strong dudes, and Washington showed some surprisingly deft, uh, um, excuse me, surprisingly adept shooting ability as a rookie in the NBA. Um, but I would be slightly worried about their prospects of. Um, getting through the East, at least in its current incarnation, with so many large bigs looming in the playoff picture. Well, with that, I think that's all I have on Akongwu. You guys got anything else you want to discuss? Uh, Just one more thing. I feel like we talked about it, but obviously this guy is a tenacious rebounder. He's going out the rim every single time. Uh, But more so than just the rebounding, the heart. You know, he never stops playing. He never stops working. He never stops running. Uh, His teammates can miss him three times on the block, and he's going just as hard for that fourth one. Uh, So the mentality of Okongwu is honestly why I have him so high on my board uh, over guys like LaMelo and Anthony Edwards, because when Okongwu enters the NBA, I don't see him ever being hurtful to a team, right? I don't see him causing problems for a team. At the very least, he's going to be a starter. Like, that's just the way I feel. Um, But LaMelo and Edwards – they can hurt their teams with their shot selection and, you know, everything else goes. And I know that's for another video, uh, but I just kind of want to discuss why I have a Kongu higher than some of the other guys. Uh, my, my addendum was very similar to yours, Trent. I think that, uh, the, so you mentioned that, you know, he would get passed up multiple times and then still be just as ready for whenever he does get the ball. Um, my favorite moment that I saw from him, that's kind of this sort of outside of basketball mentality um, sort of signifier was that they were USC was really getting their ass beat by Washington in that game against them um, and Isaiah Stewart was really physically kind of overpowering um, Onyeka in the post in the second half at least early um, and you could see it kind of tiring him out and, and sort of getting to his head and then immediately I think it was around the nine minute mark he dives completely straight out of bounds to get a loose ball um, and you can just the fact they think they were down 25 points at that point. Um, so just I do think that that uh, that sort of heart, as you mentioned, translates really well. And I think that that's a thing that's going to cause him to rise on boards. I feel I have a feeling he's going to be a good interview guy in that way. Yeah, I, I you can't sell it enough. The man is an insane competitor um, and he just fights every single minute like every minute is the most important minute of basketball he's ever played. And I can't wait to see how he does at the NBA level. So with that, I think we're ready to get out of here for the day. Is there anything you guys want to plug? Uh, you can follow us at Floor General Pod um, on Twitter, uh, which is going to be cool. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, all those kind of uh, podcast platforms. And uh, would you like to plug individual accounts as well? I plugged last week, but you can find me on Twitter at easy underscore hoops. Phenomenal. You can find me at HB underscore Robo on Twitter. And for me, you guys know uh, B-Ball Eval on Twitter. I'm actually going to have a couple articles rolling out this next week. 
Uh, so feel free to follow me over there for some Bulls draft-related content. Uh, I always got stuff uh, pumping out for you guys. Awesome. Well, thank you guys, and I'll see you next week. Have a good one. Yeah. Take care. <laughs>